everybody. Welcome to The Well. I am, of course, your host, Dylan Bowman. And this week, I am very excited to share my recent conversation with Portland's own Tyler Green after his amazing speed record achievement on the Wonderland Trail, which is a 90-ish mile circumnavigation of Mount Rainier in Washington State. I was uh, very surprised to learn that this was Tyler's first ever podcast interview. So it was an honor to have him on the show. He is very much a known quantity here in the Pacific Northwest, but has managed to fly under the radar in his quick and impressive ascent in the sport of ultra running. It's probably a result of him being just a humble and soft-spoken guy, but he really is a great athlete. And I think now, especially after his FKT and moving forward, he'll start really getting the attention and respect that he deserves. So it was great to have him on the show and start moving things in that direction. And while I plan to have Tyler on the podcast eventually, recent events uh, required us to sit down with, uh, with some level of urgency. And for those who don't know, Here's the the brief intro to the story just to set up our interview. Tyler and I, as I said, both live in in Portland and in the era of coronavirus without races to train for, we both set personal objectives to break the fastest known time on the Wonderland Trail this summer. I made my attempt on Wednesday, August 19th and was able to break the existing record by about 90 minutes, which was held by Ryan Gelfi from 2018. And then five days later, Tyler came on Monday, August 24th, and was able to lower my mark by an additional 18 minutes, setting a new astonishing fastest known time of 16 hours and 40 minutes on this spectacular, brutal, and beautiful route. Now, I'm not going to lie, having my record broken so quickly was actually pretty demoralizing. I was uh, pretty down for a couple of days, but this conversation was really uplifting for me. It was our opportunity to talk about how things went down for both of us in a spirit of friendship and in a spirit of good sportsmanship. And uh, I really enjoyed the chat. I hope it gives you all similar good feelings about our sport, the ethos that it embodies, and the people that make it great. So without further delay, please welcome Tyler Green. Okay, here we are, Tyler Green. Good to see you, Dylan. We are uh, sitting down here in my office here to break down our respective efforts on the Wonderland Trail this past week. This is going to be awesome. I'm really excited to have you here. And I uh, can't believe this is your first ever podcast. So Tyler Green, welcome. Welcome I'm a little nervous. (laughs) So bear with me. Yeah. (laughs) No, dude, nothing to be nervous about. We're just going to bask in your glory for the next hour. And to paint the picture for everybody, like I said, we're sitting here in my office in North Portland. We're sharing a a Great Notion beer, uh, a brewery that you introduced me to what like 10 months ago or something Portland is a great 
a great beer city yeah. and Great Notion came in and destroyed everyone. It's and so it's true. now the only beer I drink. Oh, I mean, like you've absolutely been a, uh, a good marketing officer for them and uh, I think uh, contributed to addictions for many people, including myself. Yeah, so sorry about that. I was just there yesterday and spent $40 and, uh, you know, you're probably there, you know, doing the same most weeks. But anyway... Sitting here having a beer and in my office, and of course we're gonna talk a lot about the Wonderland Trail, which we both spent a lot of time on over the past week and a half. But not too much time. Yeah, not too much time. <laughs> Trying pretty, to do pretty as little fast time. In, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so you know, just for context, today is Friday, August twenty eighth. So we're nine days removed from my attempt. And just four days removed from your attempt because mm -hmm. you just went this past Monday. Yeah. So naturally, my first question is for you, sir. How are you feeling right now? How How's the body and mind feeling after such an amazing performance? I'm kind of itching to get running a little bit. I have not run a single step in four days. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to, I don't know, get out and just, just jog around weekends here. So maybe go and do some some little explorations, maybe get on the bike or something. Uh, yeah, legs, the muscles have come back, but my toes are wrecked <laughs> with blisters and we have a new dog that's stepping on my toes yeah. all the time and it's destroying me right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that's obviously not, uh, you know, not surprising, but I mean like, so the body feels pretty solid and, uh, do you feel like a big uh, sense of accomplishment and satisfaction after what was an awesome, awesome run? Yeah, it's a cool, I mean, that's the most, I think that's the most bird I've done in a day really? uh, as yeah. well. Not the longest distance, done some hundreds, but uh, so in so many ways, it's a big, it's a big effort, but the body just gets more and more wise to these mm -hmm. efforts over time. And so a couple of days later, like not feeling sore, I'll take that as a win. Heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. No, I've been feeling the same yeah, way. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, feeling good. I mean, yeah, my toes are actually all, all busted up yeah. too, and uh, but I'm definitely not feeling the desire to get out and run yet, which it sounds like you are. But <laughs> no. I, I should say also, I did get out for my first run on Wednesday evening yeah. when I uh, ran the last 10 miles of okay, the Wonderland Trail again stretch. with nice. uh, with Caitlin Gerben on what was her record shattering performance that was so freaking well cool done, to witness. yeah it was so cool so obviously we're going to talk a lot more about the wonderland but um you know i think before we really go into the details there would be great for the people who listen to this to have a quick background an introduction to to who you are you're obviously kind of a local legend here in the Northwest. But as you said, this is your, your first ever podcast, yeah, yeah. which I'm so surprised <laughs> about. Um, and it's probably fair to assume that there's a lot of people who, you know, heard of you for the first time when, you know, the news came out that you had just broken the record. Sure. And so that being the case, it'd be awesome to just have you give a little background about your upbringing here in the Northwest, yeah. what you do professionally, how you got into ultra running, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Portland, uh, Southeast Portland on uh, a volcano, actually. I grew <laughs> up on, on Mount Tabor and it's one of three uh, cinder cones that are within city limits. There's one in Bend, I think one in Alabama, and then there's one in Portland. So I grew up on the east side, the east side of that little mountain. There's a little park there. So I've been running on, I was running on in that park my whole life pretty much. Um, and in high school as well, training. So I did do some high school running and a year of uh, 
a year of college running. And then um, I've lived in a couple different places, lived in Nepal for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then also lived in Libya, uh, post-Gaddafi right. Libya as well. Wow. Um, so those are a couple places that I've been as well. But um, so I currently work as a teacher at uh, Oregon Episcopal School. It's a private school. It's also a boarding school. So I live on campus. Right. Um, and the kids are not going to be coming back at least until January now. Uh, my wife uh, lives with, with me, of course, and uh, her <laughs> name is Rachel Drake. She's also a runner and very strong. Um, runner, yeah, yeah, strong runner. And yeah, you got to keep an eye out for her because yeah, she's going to do some big things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so I yeah, work as a health uh, middle school health teacher. Um, get, get to teach the sixth graders about puberty. It's one of my favorite <laughs> lessons. <laughs> Yes. I love it. The birds and the bees. Oh yeah. I love yeah. it. Uh, and then I also cr- coach cross country and track as well as coach for trails and tarmac, Ryan Gelfie and David Laney's business. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of professionally what I do in the, in the summers. I paint houses too yeah. with my dad and, and uncle. Yeah. yeah. And it's a busy season to paint houses here. And it's uh, a busy season. Portland. Yeah. This is when you do it. You can't do it in the rain. That's cool. So talk a little bit about how like the whole COVID situation is impacting your, your life as a, as a teacher. Cause I know when that all came down, you know, you and I were running together and, yeah, yeah. and you sort of talked through the, the stresses of, of that whole situation too. Yeah. The uh, carpet was pulled out from under us pretty quickly. I mean, I was excited about, I had a track season all ready to go and had a really motivated group and I was so stoked to have a really awesome season with them. Uh, and that season just disappeared in an instant. Uh, and then the kids that we, I live with, um, I have kids from, I don't, I don't know, 12 different countries that, that live under our, under our roof and under our, our dorm dormitory roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just all of a sudden had to leave to their respective countries. So then we shifted into an online learning format that went pretty well. Uh, and honestly, I mean, it, so I was sad about how things had disappeared, of course. I mean, but I, I would say my my life was not like negatively impacted yeah. the way that so many people's have been. Um, and honestly, because I was originally planning on coaching and these dorm kids would have been in town, yeah. I had actually a, a lot more space to to uh-huh. do some other things as well, including, including train. Yeah, Usually the training. spring is a hard time to get running in mm-hmm. and I was able to train a little bit more consistently. Sweet, man. Well, it's good to have that, uh, that little bit of an intro. So, I mean, you've been ultra running though now for a few years. How did that sort of become an interest of yours and how do you start racing? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I've always loved being in the mountains, so that's, that's a big thing, but it was always hiking and, and I was always a runner and I never put the two together. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I think it was, it was, I was probably like 25 or so that I realized that there was a trail called Wildwood <laughs> in Portland. Yeah. I just always ran on the East side. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I said, okay, I'm going to start running little sections of this trail until I've seen the entire trail. Mm-hmm. So I just started doing out and backs like on the weekends and things. And after a month saw the trail, uh, and, and those runs just got longer and longer. And I was like, Oh, I like this. So, uh, so after that started thinking about some other things about doing end to end on Wildwood, which we've done together. Yep. Um, 
and then did Lewitt, uh, me and a buddy, a buddy that actually paced me on the Wonderland. We, we came up with this great idea to do the triple crown of masochism, which now looking back at it, isn't a big deal, <laughs> but it was like three weekends, Wildwood end to end, Lewitt, and then Timberline. And we got two done and then it snowed and Timberline got locked out, locked up. But through that just started to kind of like oh. dabble in this, in this new sport of ours. Uh, the next year I did Timberline and that's when I was mm-hmm. like, this is it. This yeah, is, okay. this is what I want to do. And so it was the Timberline trail that really gave you the, the impetus to like start signing up for ultra races and start seeing if you had, you it, know. Yeah. Funny thing. I, I, shied away from races for a mm-hmm. long time. And a buddy of mine actually paid for my first race entry and oh, I sure. like did not want to do it. <laughs> and that was that? the Mackenzie 50 K. I had, I had run up the Portland marathon once and it just hurt so bad. And yeah. I was just trying to avoid it. But you were still just like running. And <laughs> yeah. But nothing like nothing active, hard, not yeah, the like, not doing and, and here's my thing. Just... I've never done a ton 10 K uh. cause I'm just kind of scared of these like fast distances and I know that's something I just got to get over it. I got to get back into like kind of that sharp pain. I like yeah. the long, dull, drawn out pain. That's really interesting because one of the things that I want to talk about later is just like how good you are at FKTs. Mm. Um, anyway, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. So yeah, obviously like getting into the Wonderland now, which I'm sure is what most people are going to be really interested in hearing us talk about. Just to, you know, give people the the brief history of the whole thing and the reason you and I are sitting down here and having this discussion now is that, of course, I went for the Wonderland Trail FKT uh, about nine days ago now on the 19th of August this year. You went for it about five days later on, I guess it was the 23rd or 24th. 24th, I think it is, yeah. And... Um, I, you know, obviously want to kind of do kind of a blow by blow story for both of us. But when was it that the Wonderland Trail became kind of like an objective for you? I mean, you just said you grew up in the Northwest. You always loved mountains, hiked around. Did you have experience going up there as a kid? And how much time have you spent on the trail? And when did that become the FKT become kind of a goal of yours? Yeah, uh, the Circumnav out here circumnavigation of these mountains is like, it's just a thing of beauty. (laughs) And, and it's something that again, like going back to Timberline and being like, this is like, this is it. This is what I want to do. There's something so beautiful about traveling around an entire mountain, seeing it from every angle. And, uh, and for so long, Timberline and Mount St. Helens were, were good enough for me. Like, I mean, and Mount Rainier is, a whole different beast, a completely different beast. It is just so massive. Uh, so when did it come? I, I had broken the, uh, the big goal for a long, long time was the Timberline trail. Mm-hmm. And that was one that was held for that record was held at, in, from a race. The, 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 uh, fastest known time was from a race for like 35 years and it was kind of untouched. And I said, I'm just going to go for it and try for it. Um, and really put all my eggs into one basket in the fall a couple of years ago, made sure that every, every aspect of that day was really fine tuned so that I could run the fastest that I could. Um, so that was like really the, that's always been kind of the main thing that had my imagination. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, like you've got Gary Robbins video that's just so incredibly epic. 
And you look up on that mountain and you're like, well, someday maybe he'll be running around that thing too. Uh, And I've always had it in my mind that it would be like a three-year project that one, the first year I would do it in three days. And I did that, did that last year with, Mm -hmm. uh, with Rachel, my wife, um, doing the fast pack. And it was a tough day, uh, tough three days, but especially the the middle day was a big 50 mile day. And it took us, it was, Rachel was, I, she's not probably not going to like this story, but she was, uh, she was like laying down in the ground saying, I don't want to be a runner anymore after, after throwing up and falling asleep on the trail. So we suffered. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was, that was last year and was with the intention that I would be going for it. I don't know exactly when, cause races are, when races are happening, yeah. you just, they just kind of get in the way and then you not get in the way. I mean, they're great things, but, uh, but you have to carve out a pretty decent amount of space to be able to do something like that. And I was not officially doing that. So, mm-hmm. especially so, because it's only really open to do the run in the too, middle yeah. of like the summer racing right. season. Yeah. Uh, so of course this year, uh, when things started to shut down, I was, my plan was to really focus on mountain, mountain ultras and to get better at mountain ultras. Cause that's really what I'd like to be good at. Yeah. Uh, I did have Lena and that was fun just to do like a fast hundred, but mm-hmm. I want to get out into the mountains. Um, so I was signed up for Galagong by UTMB and that was canceled, uh, really early on in the COVID days. Uh, and, and then once everything else started getting canceled, it started to become apparent that my hope was to take a look at the three classic circumnavigations around Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood and Mount Rainier and try to hold them. And my goal was just like, I just want to hold them for a day, just one day. <laughs> well, you checked that off the list. Man. I checked it's it been, off the list. It's been four yeah. days already. Yeah, man. I got four days. That's, I mean, I'm just waiting. Someone's going to go for it, right? Uh, for one of them. Uh, so, and that... That was, yeah, so that, that's, that's been the, the big goal was to try it. And knowing that I couldn't, there's only so much I can take control of and mm-hmm. enter you. Yep. Like, you're going to be running this at some point, and I don't exactly know when, which I think we need to, like, go back and kind <laughs> of talk about talk our about conversation, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, our various conversations. Yeah. Um, just saying, I'm going to get ready however I can and, and let the chips fall as they may yeah. or when it comes to who else is running these things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's what makes FKTs so interesting is that there's so much out of your control, but like at the same time, there is more in your control too, in terms of like when you go for it, instead of like having a specific day yeah. and like yeah. that stuff is controllable, mm-hmm. but um, that, yeah, you don't know like when I'm going to go or when the next guy is going to go, et cetera. And I just yeah. want to like provide a little bit of context on a couple of things you just said, but the first being with the Timberline trail, the record that you've had now for a couple of years, this is the 40 mile circumnavigation around Mount hood. There used to be a race around Mount hood that no longer exists right. now because it's protected land. Uh, and so the, it was the supported record, mm-hmm. technically, that existed from 
that race a number of years ago. I think you said it was 30 plus years ago. Yeah. And then Max King had the technically unsupported record. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you came along and broke not only Max's record, but the record that was held from the race itself. Yeah. And then the second thing I wanted to touch on is the, is the, uh, Wonderland movie, the Gary Robbins movie that was made by Ethan Newberry, the ginger runner, who I've had the good fortune to hang out with over the last two weeks as well. (laughs) And it's been so cool to see multiple people say to him in person, like, hey, the reason I got into running is because of your movie Mm. about the Wonderland. And I'm just like, we all look at him. We're like, man, that must feel good to hear people say that. That's cool. It's really cool. And, you know, I'm similar. I mean, I was in the sport before that that movie came out, but you know, I probably watched it two or three times in the last couple months as I was kind of trying sure. to get beta and, and figure it all out myself. But moving on to something you just mentioned that I think is really important to, to sort of state for the record is that it wasn't as if I set the record and then you came, you know, a few days later to just like, you know, take it out. Right. It's not like you were waiting <laughs> for me to go to, yeah. so that you could come in and, and, you know, pick up the pieces or whatever. And I think that's really important to say, you know, beforehand so that, you know, people who may have just been like observing this online understand that, you know, this was a goal of yours. It was a goal of sure. mine. And I had knowledge that you were going to be going for it just after me. So yeah. I want to acknowledge that up front because I think it's it's easy for people to maybe assume differently that you just were waiting for me to go so you could have your own opportunity. And I want to obviously give you that credit. So maybe just give the listeners a, a glimpse into our text exchange from a couple of weeks ago. Well, just, and just to go back a little bit too, like we were on that run up at, in Salmon River and I'm asking you like, what are you going to do if Hard Rock's canceled? <laughs> and like, nobody's going to say, nobody's going to say, <laughs> you go, I'm going to go for the Wonderland. I knew it. <laughs> uh, and that of course, so I, then I, and then I was like, well, I'm just, I'll do it earlier. I'll like maybe try and get it and then he can destroy it. And then with that came the, uh, the, the idea like, well, maybe like he can pace. Cause I, cause you had said like, I'm not going to unsite it. I'm yep. gonna, I'm gonna go and see the, the, the route before I do it. Uh, and, and so I kind of had this idea of like, well, I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Like you're someone that, that I'm stoked to have in Portland mm-hmm. or stoke who not, not that I have you in Portland, <laughs> but that you're in Portland. Uh, and that, that this is this cool opportunity to learn from someone who knows how to do these things super well. And of course you're a cool guy. Uh, thanks bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring that mic closer. Yeah. Sorry. I'm always <laughs> yeah. leaning, leaning back. Um, and so, so the idea was like, well, maybe I'll ask you to pace me and then you'll be able to see the route and then you can do what you, what you want with the, yeah, with, yeah. with whatever time I maybe post, if I can beat Gelfie's record. Uh, and so, and I, I thought about that all summer long and I was like, um, should I ask him? I don't know. It feels kind of weird. And then I was like starting to kind of wonder if I was going to have pacers or what. And I was just like, I'm just going to see. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was probably going to get some information <laughs> as well out of that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and a disclaimer to that is that you did hide your, 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 uh, your My reconnaissance recon, route. Yeah. <laughs> Which I had a feeling might have been the case, but I didn't know for sure on that either. So I'm glad we can get this all out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
So, and you said, oh dude, I'm doing it. I'm doing it five days later or I'm doing it on Monday. Yeah. No, Wednesday. So, so basically you texted me, Hey, Debo, I'm going to go for the wonderland. I'm planning to go either on the 24th or 25th. Mm-hmm. Wondering if you would like to pace me for a section. It benefits me because you would have obviously my services and helping you on the trail and it would benefit me meaning myself in having the ability to see the trail for a potential future yeah, record yeah. attempt. And as you said, you didn't know that I had already gone and done my reconnaissance right. at that point. <laughs> and so I, I responded to, to your text with bro, I'm going next Wednesday. <laughs> and, uh, and then of course, like at that point we both know each other's plans. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I know that like I've got my, my date, pretty much set in stone at that point. Like I had a kind of a day's wiggle room, but I I really didn't want to put it off. I contemplated it just based on weather, but it turned out Mm -hmm. that that wasn't really that necessary. And, um, yeah, then I had the knowledge that you were going to be going for it right after me. So I think, again, it's just important for people to know that we had that, that knowledge of each other's attempts so that, you know, it doesn't seem as if, you just like vindictively were just like not at all watching and waiting and then took a swing at it. So. And of course you destroyed a night of sleep for me because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when go? you did actually run it, run, run sub 17, I like, I had fallen asleep. I was like, and then I woke up and thought I just, it was irresistible for yeah. me to not check. Yeah. And I checked and I look at the time and I'm like, that's not real. Am I reading this right? And like in a half, half sleep stupor. Yeah. And, and then didn't sleep the rest of the night pretty much. It's just like. <laughs> it definitely reframed. This like, is going to hurt. Man. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to hurt a lot more than I thought. Well, that's cool. I mean, it, I mean, obviously it wasn't discouraging to you. It didn't give you like second thoughts about like, should I do this? Did it really? Oh, totally. I thought you want to talk maybe about I'll that? do something different. Maybe I could huh. like go for an unsupported record some other route. Like, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I think a a lot of thoughts went through, Mm -hmm. went through my head and I got a great message from Gelfie that was just like, you can do it. We'll be watching. (laughs) Uh, and, and multiple friends that just said like you and Rachel even said like, we should have talked about this beforehand. Cause if he had broken it by Mm -hmm. a lot, like I wanted you to be ready for that. And we hadn't, uh, but yeah, I think I was, I was legitimately taken aback by the time. Huh. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was even more taken aback by, by yours. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> no, Sorry. just kidding. Sorry. So, um, I think now we should transition to really talking about the details of, yeah. of not only our days, but sort of the weeks and months maybe leading into our respective attempts. And I figure the best way to do this is to make it really conversational as this has already been and each have an opportunity to kind of tell our, mm-hmm. our own story. Cause I think we're both interested to hear how it went for each other. Yeah. And I figure we break it into three sections, maybe like our training and build up for it. Then maybe the, the beginning of the run to white river, which is, I don't know, almost two thirds into the run at that point. Sure. And then maybe the last third. Yeah, that's good. So why why don't you start and talk a little bit about your training this summer after, you know, it became clear that COVID was happening and you set this goal to kind of have those three records to your name uh, around those volcanoes and and how, yeah, how your training and preparation looked. 
Well, yeah, I mean, even on that run that we went on in the Salmon River, I was, I think I was telling you, like, my ankle's feeling a little bit weird. And I kind of think this is a ticking time bomb. <laughs> and it wasn't like a couple weeks later that it just completely blew up on me. And right. of course, you've had your ankle injuries, and we've gone to see the same PT as yeah. well, who's guided us out of that. Uh, so it was, I mean, that was a pretty frustrating month or so that I didn't run very much, two weeks of no running. And then, slowly easing back into it and uh, when was that again timing wise was that like uh, may? late may was yeah. when i first got it um and in the meantime like got a gravel bike which was super fun to kind of get back into cycling a little bit and do something different but i was itching to run and of course summer is the time when we when we do our big runs and that was that was a hard time uh and I, so my training was lackluster somewhat. I mean, I, I think a lot of it was about me kind of gaining my confidence back. And I did the big, the, the main thing that I felt like was really helpful was just big mountain days on the weekends that weren't very much mileage, like 20, 25 milers that took like nine hours yeah. that were very like very mountainous, like mountaineering slogs. And so that talk was about a couple of those. I mean, like you did Mount Adams yeah, and then you did like that dinner. circumnavigation of glaciers. So yeah. That how was did those the big play one. into um, your success. You the high route on Mount Adams, uh, was just a, a chance to go around Mount Adams. Of course, like I said, the circumnav is beautiful, yep. <laughs> uh, and including, and I'd never gone around Mount Adams. So, mm -hmm. uh, so did that with a buddy of mine and, um, that was just, it was just a long day. It was a lot of in the snow, like very, very technical and not, not technical stuff. That's like, if it's like graham cracker, loose moraines and a, hor a horrible, I mean, it was, I did not have fun actually. <laughs> uh, went on another one that was a partial, we partially went on the Ptarmigan Traverse, which is a classic kind of mountaineering multi-day route in the North Cascades. Uh, but the big one was around Glacier Peak, which is a uh, kind of unsung, unsung volcano of the North Cascades. It's uh, north of Mount Rainier, and my, a buddy of mine had created an 88-mile route that mimicked mimicked uh, the Wonderland Trail mm -hmm. fairly well, actually, which yeah. was just happenstance. Is this JT? He yeah, JT. Route? Yeah. yeah. Um, great guy to to go out into the mountains with. Um, so he, yeah, he mapped this thing out and I mean, he's, he's an incredible like navigation artist basically. Mm. Uh, so had this cool route done. So Rachel and JT and I went out there. So had a pack on and just three big days, like two, eight hour days and maybe one 14 hour day. We were not moving fast at all, but I looked at that and I was like, this mm. is such good training right. because you got the weight on you and you're going for that long. So, um, those were the big those were kind of the big pillars, cornerstones of, of training. I didn't do any like fast workouts at all. Mm. Uh, just kind of let it, let it be. And, oh, and then, and then the Lua trail. Yeah. And of course that which, was, yeah, that which, was... which is, I think that was like definitely a tune up. Am I, am I back and a confidence booster mostly? So interesting, right? It's like the, the timing of it all. Um, you can see both how you can feel like maybe, constrained due to your injury but also like at least in retrospect see it as like wow that actually 
played out really well. Like yeah. you, you got that fitness validation at the Lewitt Trail. And for the listeners, that's a 30-mile circumnavigation of Mount St. Helens, just an hour north of us here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were able to break that FKT as well and adding that to your trophy case of volcano <laughs> FKTs, um, this mission towards the trifecta, which we'll talk about. But then also having the like slow slog, just endurance pace mountain days with your glacier peak circumnavigation. Yeah. And it's funny too, because Caitlin also was saying how like she was doing very little like fast running. She wasn't really doing that much like run training, but she was doing the ptarmigan traverse. She was doing, she was summiting Mount Rainier and like, she's just spending these super long days out, out slogging. And the, the benefit of that, I think fitness wise is, is underrated for something like the wonderland. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to go try and run way too cool, it's probably not (laughs) the best thing, but that's cool. So yeah, I'm convinced that, I mean, last year it was three day fast pack of, of Mount Rainier and then did Cascade Crest felt great in that Cascade Crest. Uh, it's I'm, I'm convinced of the three day thing. Maybe I shouldn't tell people that it's my little dude, secret. No, it's not a secret here, so I'll build on that. So, uh, 2018 TDS yeah. was the best I've ever felt fitness wise going into a race. And I did it off like a five week training camp basically where I went out to Aspen out to Colorado and just trained for like five weeks. And earlier in the spring I had done UTMF, which went really well and then took Mm -hmm. a bunch of time off from racing and like kind of slowly built fitness. But then like the real training was like five weeks and it ended with a, um, three-day tour around the elk mountains in in colorado that actually turned out to be like you know 95 miles with twenty five thousand feet so very similar to not only your glacier thing but also the wonderland and um and then i at tds like i felt better than i've ever felt before and i was so convinced that 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 little mini training camp was like the critical piece for me and because also not only was it great as like a training stimulus, but it's like also for your soul, like mm. the like real like motivation and feeling like, man, that was a, not only was it a great training, but like it satisfied some like mm-hmm. really cool feeling of like, wow, what an awesome adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that what makes the training easier too. Like when you're three days into your, your big three day mission. It's, it's much easier to, uh, you know, suffer through those last painful, slow miles when you're super tired yep. and, you know, like you're completing like an awesome little mini training camp too. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean, we'll edit this out. So nobody knows that three day training camps are the Got key. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll talk a bit about my, yeah. Tell, um, tell us about yours, my training too. So yeah, as you said, I mean, going back to our run, I guess it was, was it early, early May when we went out to Sounds about right. Salmon River? Yeah. It was you, me and Andrew Bumbleau and, uh, did like a three hour run out there. That was awesome. And I yeah, want to acknowledge too, you've been awesome. Just kind of like pointing me in the right direction, taking me on runs. And yeah. Let's keep doing making it. Making the transition to Portland really, uh, really good. And then, yeah, like, of course I wanted to do hard rock again, which was canceled for the, for the second year in a row. And as we were talking and you asked me what my plans were, like, yeah, maybe, maybe the wonderland if hard rocks canceled and you're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, like 
after COVID came down and it, and it became clear because I, I initially had the feeling like, okay, well, if hard rocks canceled, maybe UTMB is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just like, you know, change my focus yeah. and do that or something else or whatever. And then it became clear, like nothing's happening. Right. And, um, you know, because of you, I fell into my IPA great notion. Sorry about uh, that. Single, it's all part of the plan. That's why. That's why I've got a faster time on the Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I'm, I operate much better when I have like goals that I'm working towards. You know, not only as an athlete, but like every other part of my life functions a little bit better when I yeah when I like have you know something like the Wonderland or a race that yeah. I'm sort of pointing my orienting my life towards, um, directionally. And, uh, so it got to a point where I was like, okay, I need to just like decide something to do and like mm. start training for it because this isn't working. And, and the wonderland, it just made so much sense for me because it's something I've always wanted to do. Uh, you know, I came into this, we're about the same age, but I came into the sport much earlier right. than you did. And, um, you know, in that, in those days, it was very much like the heart of the Kyle Skaggs, Anton mm-hmm. Krupichka era of the sport. And I was in my early 20s at that point, too. And those guys weren't much older than me. And so I was very much drawn towards them because even at that point, too, the sport was a lot older on the elite level than it is now, too. Uh, yeah. um, and so there weren't a lot of young, fast guys on the mm-hmm. scene. You know, it was um, Kyle and, and Anton were sort of like, paving this new path for young athletes. And I wasn't a runner growing up, but it like really spoke to me like this, these guys just like going out and just destroying everybody and living the simple life, like in their trucks and whatever. It's just like that ethos of ultra running that still persists to this day. It was just so attractive. And uh, so I learned about the Wonderland through Kyle Skaggs, who at that point had broken the, course record at hard rock in a time that at that point was like totally unthinkable. Hmm. I think it was like three or four hours faster than anybody had ever run on the you course. Guys, you guys are all the same, the same age. No, I, I'm He's a couple a years younger, younger than okay. those guys. So I, I came into the sport, you know, kind of just behind them sort of as they were on their upward trajectory. And, um, you know, as somebody who was like super, motivated and interested and always kind of passionate about sport and competition, like just looking for those types of like role models. And and so I was very, very into like reading Anton's blog and, Mm. you know, checking out all the race results and never really thinking that it would blossom the way that it did. But anyway, just, you know, to talk specifically about the Wonderland, like I remember, you know, learning about it because Kyle used to have the record and he was, he was a legend, you know, and, uh, thinking like, wow, that must be awesome because my dad summited Mount Rainier like 20 years ago, maybe when I was a kid and it's still to this day, you know, the proudest sporting achievement of his life. One of the proudest overall achievements of his cool. life. Probably. He still talks about it yeah. all the time. He still has like a framed picture cool. of Mount Rainier. And, and so I always like thought I'd do it, you know, at some point as either a single day, multi-day, you know, didn't really contemplate like trying to go for the record for a long time because of course it was held by Kyle Skaggs, who was right. a God. And, and then of course Gary comes along and breaks the record and, um, you know, it's documented in the great film that mm-hmm. inspired you and I and, and a lot of other people. And then Gelfie breaks 
Gary's record, and then I moved to the Northwest about you know a couple of years ago. It was actually after TDS 2018. I thought about going for it. Oh yeah, like that year. Yeah, like oh, wow. you know early October. Or okay. I actually sent a message to Caitlin. I think that you're saying like, when does the snow come? Like, mm. how late can you do it? Sort of thing. And uh, anyway, so you know, it's always sort of been like a little little kind of like thing in the back of my mind too. Yeah. And of course, like you, you know, it come, come 2020 when everything's canceled, it's like the perfect thing to kind of turn my attention towards. I don't uh, like, it makes so much sense. Like what else are you going to do? Right. It's like, it's almost a hundred miles. And it's it's so burly. It's route. beautiful. Like, and it's such a worthy objective, yes. you know, it's just like for those who have never been on the route, which will be the vast majority of our listeners, it is easily one of the most spectacular pieces of trail one of the most worthy adventure runs <laughs> single or multi-day running experiences of my entire mm. life mm. and i mean i've done i've done like everything uh, i mean i've done a lot of things you know yeah. i've done utmb i've done timberline i've done the four pass loop i've done render m to rim i've done utmf i've done tons of you know big yeah. races yeah i put rainier up there with any of them. Yeah. Like absolutely mind bogglingly awesome. And, and so I guess, you know, to talk about my training, which is, yeah, you know, sorry, the, that the was what we were talking this, about. <laughs> the whole point of this. Um, like you said, I, I knew I didn't want to onsite the route, meaning I, I knew I didn't want to like go and like make my record attempt without seeing the route beforehand, because you'd lose a lot of time, you know, looking at Gaia trying mm -hmm. to navigate. And it's just a, it's, an advantage to be able to know where you're going to know where the hard parts are to know where the water sources are all that stuff so i went out i guess it was early july earlier mid-july for a three-day loop wait no it was late july because i did it i did the three-day loop three weeks before i did the attempt so okay so harmony and i went up there she drove around babysat me picked me up <laughs> and did her own adventures and again like and actually caitlin came out and ran a couple oh, of nice. days with okay. me too so she could do her own recon yeah. and so and that's when i realized like oh my god this is the place yeah. like this is the freaking route like i was so pumped yeah you know um and uh you know finishing up that three-day loop just feeling like okay yeah seen it you know, I've, I got to enjoy the views on this three-day lap. You know, now let's do a lap where yeah. you, you're not looking around. And, and see, having seen it, do you think of a, did you think of a time? Like, no. was that, that wasn't no, possible? No, I mean, not really. I mean, yeah. I guess this is an interesting thing to talk about too, just because it might illustrate our maybe similarities or differences in psychology too. So i am like never been a numbers guy you know. Mm. I've always been a run by feel guy. I've never mm -hmm. been good at math. Always been like more of an artistic, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like soul, uh, soul runner. Yeah, exactly. And, um, so, you know, like I knew the record was achievable, you know, and I, I figured it could go down by a healthy margin. Mm -hmm. I figured like an hour would be, would be doable, but maybe a stretch. Um, and then, you know, when I was in the middle of the run, it, it became clear that there was a lot of room for, for improvement mm. and we can get more into that. But that was really the core of my, 
of my training. You know, I, I actually had some other cool long runs that I did. Obviously, I did the Lewitt, too. Um, what else did I do? Uh, three Sisters. Oh, I did the Three Sisters loop, too. Yeah, so that was an eight-hour day. Yeah. I mean, it, that is an awesome route, too. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done that. Way, yeah, way different than the Wonderland. Way more gentle. I mm. mean, it's a, long, it's a long day, but, like, runnable and mm-hmm. more gentle and, you know, also very scenic. So, yeah, you should do that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did Lewitt. I did the Three Sisters, and then I did the three the three-day circumnavigation. And I felt like I was ready to go. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So anyway, to go, uh, let's transition, I guess, now into the uh, the actual running yeah. in, instead of the training. So um, talk a bit about, you started at 5 a.m., you started from Longmire. Talk through maybe that decision all the way up to what River, if you would don't Would you want to start? Because sure, sure. I think I, I was queuing off of some of the things, sure. a little bit of what you were able to do, which I didn't see it on Strava because you were hiding it. Didn't want me to see those splits. But I'm curious, yeah. like, because I think that might help me to kind of know, like, how did I, because I was riffing off of you. Okay, cool. All right. So I feel like I've been talking for a long time, but we'll oh, just sorry. keep going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... I started from Cougar Rock Campground because that's where, that's where Gelfie started. So I just figured I'd go from there. Sure. And for the listeners, it, it really doesn't make a difference. Like it's, it's like a, it's a mile and a half apart on yeah, the trail. 10, 15 minutes. 10 or 15 minutes. So, um, yeah, I mean, the first part of it, I mean, it was in the dark uh, for I started at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, my my reasoning for that was, OK, you'll have you know, an hour and a half, two hours of darkness on the front end, and then hopefully, you know, as little darkness as possible on the back end, thinking I would still get an hour and a half or two hours. And um, so the first, I guess, 50K of the route is, I guess, the most concentrated bit of vertical, uh, at least over that distance. So most people will start from that area where you and I did. And go clockwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think everybody who's done a speed attempt on it has done so. the same thing. Yeah. And so the start to to Moich Lake, um, which is, you know, 32, 33 miles in, which is another thing I don't really know, like the whole mileage of the Yeah, thing. I mean, I got 85 on my Strava. I got, eight, I got 84. Yeah. Gelfie got 87. People say it's 93. Yeah. It's like, uh, who knows? Anyway, so you go through the first 50K and... Uh, yeah, I was feeling good. Yeah, I was well ahead of Gelfie splits. I mean, mm-hmm. I was 50 minutes ahead at, mm-hmm. at Moich Lake and feeling good. And, you know, at that point, it's, uh, what was it, 10 o'clock in the morning. So it was a brilliant, you know, sunny day as we've had all summer. Yeah. And I went on Wednesday because it looked like Thursday was going to be cooler and overcast, but there was a fairly decent chance that it was going to rain. Right. And, uh in retrospect, I don't know if I made the right decision there because mm. it did end up getting, you know, uncomfortably warm for me. Yeah. And so, but it, it was fine that early section, you know, through Moish Lake, right, everything yeah. was great, you know, like brilliant. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of tree cover in there too. Tree cover there too. Yeah. That's probably the lowest mm-hmm. average, you know, elevation of the whole route too. And then, um, yeah, like, but certainly challenging terrain, but was moving super well and feeling like I was taking it easy, holding back, could felt like I, you know, I could have pushed if I, if I needed Mm -hmm. to, obviously it's really early and you have to pace it like a hundred miler, but, um, 
you know, getting through Mowich, seeing the crew for the first time, understanding that was I was like way ahead at that point, much further ahead of the split that I thought I was going to be. And really, I only knew the split at Mowich because, again, I've never been like a split guy or a yeah, numbers yeah. guy. I'm always just like I'm better when I don't think about that stuff, I guess. And then out in Mowich, you've got that super long challenge. So fun. Yeah. I had a blast. It's a hard downhill, though. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, like oh that yeah the first stretch at the top yeah that's then, not fun yeah the second technical and, but yeah then you know you go down to what I think is the lowest point mm-hmm. on the whole route when you sort of cross the river under the Carbon Glacier and you start the the biggest most probably most challenging climb of the day and just to paint the picture for the listener so you're at the low point of the route you're whatever it is thirty seven miles in or something with 10 or 11,000 feet of climbing getting into midday now yeah. and you're at the ba- the bottom of what is like a six, 6,000 foot climb basically. And it comes in a initial dose of 3,500 feet and then you drop like 15 and then you climb like 2,500 again over the course of 10 or 11 miles. And it's just a freaking beast. Yes. Like that part is really hard. Yes. And then you're getting into at the top there, what is like the most heavily trafficked part Mm -hmm. of the route, which is a place on the mountain called sunrise. And on Wednesday as much traffic or a lot of traffic still. I mean, it wasn't there. It's not like anybody slowed me down, but it was like in the start to mow, hardly see a person. Right. Right. And then you start to see people as the closer you get to, to sunrise. And so for me, that's where things started to get a little bit hard. Mm. I mean, that climb up. The the thing was, too, they expected cloud cover to come in like midday. Mm -hmm. I was like, perfect, you know. Yeah. And it just like never came. And I was just cursing it and just like sweating my face off on that climb. And um, yeah, sort of ran dry on water because I was stupid about one of the, the last little creek crossings near the top there was like a bunch of backpackers refilling i was like oh screw it i'll go to the next one (laughs) of course there wasn't wasn't one one. and uh and i was running solo too this is another thing that we should talk about is uh in retrospect that's something that i might do differently but um anyway so you know, things were starting to get really tough for me on that climb, but then driving into White River, I mean, of course it's going to be hard at that point. You know, you've done 50, right. 55 miles and 17,000 feet of climbing at that point. Yeah. Like, it is a freaking legit route. I mean, I remember just looking at my watch like, man, like, this is freaking hard. Yes. Like, 55 miles and 17K. Like, there's hardly any races that are like that. True. And... uh so coming into White River, it was feeling pretty freaking hot, and I was starting to fray a little bit, mm-hmm. but, like, I was still way ahead, way ahead of the record split. So I was, like, you know, certainly not feeling awesome, but also, like, I'm, you know, I'm way ahead. So yeah. have that kind of, like, positive affirmation. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of how the first part played out for me, you know, very low drama to Moich, and then sort of increasing drama from from sure. Mowich to uh, to to White River, where which is the second place where we can get crew support. So yeah, I want you uh, talk through that part yeah. for yourself. Uh, so and and I was just gleaning little bits of information that I could from like how your day had went because it was like six hours to Mowich when Gelfie had run six forty five. Oh, and I was this is based on 
what, seven, seven hours and six fifteen or whatever. Cause I was like doing, I was taking off of that, that cougar rock yep. route. So I'm trying to play with those splits, but so I had six hours in my mind from Longmire to, to Moich. And that's the only split that I had. I didn't see your Strava prior, so I didn't know where you were at any other point. And I felt like that was actually a really good thing for me to just be like, mm. I'm going to run however I'm going to run. And when I get to Moich, I'm going to see if it's possible. Yeah. And that's all I can do. And I did have your splits because I would look, I looked at Yassine and went where he was. Where, <laughs> like I had to do all this math. I, I put it up the day before you were going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did, yeah. I By that time give, I had I everything set. Like five days. I got it. I yeah. Like, yeah. So I knew that you'd started at 402. I took Caitlin's like Instagram story. Then I did yeah. the math of like, when did Yassine start? He ran down, he caught you, he got back up. And that's when I figured out it Damn was six it, hours. Seen. Yeah, there are ways, there are ways. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing at myself as I was figured out the math and like, he can't hide this from me. So, so I had little bits and pieces on, on the splits that I probably needed to go for Moich and then beyond. And so I started moving along and on the first water crossing i got lost really yeah and i had i ended up i know exactly that spot you're talking about and i just i went straight across and then i was like where'd this thing go and i started going further left and i got caught in all of these alders and just kept like trying to barrel through them and then finally like this is dumb go back to where you started and just like calm yourself so uh that was yeah not a good start because i think it, it 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 was a picture of my heart at that time which was very frenzied of like Mm -hmm. you are going to either like break this thing by a second or two or you're gonna get destroyed (laughs) uh and so so yeah i was i was just in a frenzy and then um kept on running and got to devil's dream which is the first camp that 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 backpackers camp Mm -hmm. at and there are these three guys uh aaron long and brad leatherborough I want to give a shout out to those guys because they like had seen my Instagram announcement uh-huh. the day prior and they were already planning on going around. And so they like have their cameras out and they're like taking pictures and, and filming me. And I was like, Hey, Hey guys. And chatted with them. And they're kind of like came up behind me and started running. And I was like, Oh, what are you guys doing? And they're like, Oh, we're going around in two days. And I was like, Oh cool. I'm going for a, a speed record. And they're like, Oh yeah, we know. Can we come along for a bit? So they ended up running with me for a little while. And it was like the perfect thing that I needed to just like calm down Chill. and just have like, a regular conversation that had nothing to do with this FKT that I had thought about for Mm -hmm. multiple, multiple weeks. And especially the last five days after you'd done it. Uh, so that was, that was a a godsend right there. Uh, and then, so they did, a let's see, they did a a little bit of a climb, a descent, and then another climb and a descent with me. So about seven, seven miles, I think Mm -hmm. they ran with me. And then I continued on and I just kind of got in the groove and like my mantra at that time was just like, you're not going to walk out of this day saying you didn't try for it, mm-hmm. that you didn't go for it. It's in some, some respect and continue to run on. And then Rachel, um, Rachel had run out from Moach with, to, to meet me. She met me about seven miles out and she's like, you're here, this you're here already. And I'm looking at the time. Like I thought, well, if it's 34 miles to Moach, then I got another 10 miles and then I said, how many miles do I have to it? And she's like seven. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I'm doing okay. Oh, that feels so good, isn't it? Yeah, that feels real good. <laughs> so I, 
yeah, we continued on. Rachel's, of course, awesome. Like, she's just like, oh my gosh, you're descending great. You're climbing great. Uh, so just having that positive reinforcement and then got to Mowich and I was in 552. Mm. And I was like, okay. Wow. Well, so maybe, maybe this is possible. That's fast. Yeah. yeah. And it was, and I, and I, as so I was pretty running. Much that, that's the equivalent <coughs> of seven minutes faster, basically. Yeah. 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 And getting lost a little right. bit. Mm. So, and with that, I thought, okay, maybe it is possible. And also I've never started a race out this fast, yeah. <laughs> like a, a race of this length, this yeah. fast. So I continued on and, um, oh, and then the other thing is like, we gamed it as best we could, where I was like, we're going to walk through every, I'll just walk straight through the aid stations mm. and you guys just walk with me and we'll eat as we go rather than stopping at all. Smart. I was just like, Super take smart. any minute that I can totally. out of it. Um, and so continued on and ended up having a pacer at that time, my buddy Brandon. Um, and he's a great descender. So I really wanted him for that stretch. Uh, smart. And yeah, very smart. Yeah. Yeah. So we descended and he's just like, Oh, just poetry motion. I was having so much fun on that descent. Just had like the jelly jaw going where the jelly's just like, yeah. or the, the jaws just loose. And I'm just like, just, just letting gravity take me. Uh, definitely felt excited about the day at that point. Uh, and then started climbing and Brandon, Brandon like pulls out his phone at some point and drops it. And he like stops for a second and then like runs up behind me. He's like, Ooh, I lost my phone. And I'm like, Oh, did you break it? And he's like, it's gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, you go get it, go find it. Like don't sacrifice your phone to pace me. So that was like maybe a, just a little ways up the, up the climb. And he ended up finding it and then like putting in a really hard interval to get back to me. Uh, so he made it up that first climb and then at mystic Lake, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm cramping up. I'm, I, I gotta, I gotta back off. Okay. Um, I dropped a few like electrolyte tabs in the trail for him. And then I just continued on. And then I didn't remember the second climb out of that. Like you yeah. got that 15 foot, 1500 foot drop and then another 2,500 foot climb. And I forgot about it completely. Yeah. And that, that destroyed me right there mm -hmm. where I was like, I'm moving so slow. I must be losing all this time. Like I just getting too. into that negative self-talk. Yeah. Uh, sunrise, sunrise is beautiful, but it was definitely still in that mindset of like, I'm losing time. And then when I got to white river, uh, I came in and I said, well, so what, like, where am I? And I couldn't quite, I didn't feel like I really got a straight answer, but mm -hmm. I thought based on the the split that I had, which was hard for me to get. Oh, the other thing is I did your, your, your Strava did load mm. early on yeah. th that one morning and I pulled it up and I still had it on my computer oh, yes. before you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to get some of that. Yeah. So that's how I was yeah. doing the math on how to get to white river. Yeah. Uh, and then so at White River, I was, I, I thought I had lost all of the time that I had gained mm. at Mowich, which my thinking around that was like, well, if I'm losing time now, I'm going to keep losing time. Right. And, and so that like walking out of Mowich. It's so funny how our psychology works like right, that. Yeah. Like you just assume that I didn't have yeah. any like problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I walked out of, I, I, and, and coming into coming in there, I thought, can I just be done? Can yeah. I just call it good? And, and just call it a good day. Like I've had a good run. Uh, and then when I got in there, like Rachel and Jordan, they just like ushered me out. They're just mm -hmm. like, continue walking and you're out. God, I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, and then of course the cool crossing of white river. So uh -huh. maybe you can share your, your side of that or the next step. 
Yeah. So, yeah, that's so interesting to hear. Yeah. Like just because, you know, of course, I didn't know I, the, the only split I had, like I said, was Gelfies from Moet. So I knew I was well ahead. Mm-hmm. And so I knew at that point, like, OK, I mean, it would take a, a massive, you know, crater or failure of energy or getting mm-hmm. lost or something for me to not break the record at this point. So it was like the motivation has to be, you know, there's other people who are going to go for it this summer, including oh, yeah. Tyler. Yeah. So I have to like pretend, you know, like that they're, they're here, you know, that I'm in a race basically. And then, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the leaving white river was when things just fell apart for me mm. really that climb up to panhandle gap which in my recon lap i was like this is my spot like yeah. i could probably run most of this climb before it gets up to that like to uppermost kind mm-hmm. of like talus section because i mean because that's always my strength in racing wow. is being able to climb like those last two or cool. three big climbs you know and i just freaking sucked i sucked so bad <laughs> So leaving uh, White River, yeah, I'm not entirely sure kind of like what my problem was. I don't know if it was heat or what, but just like stopped having the ability to put calories in, started getting really pukey, basically walked a lot of that stuff that um, walked basically everything. I mean, I I think I was 10 minutes slower than Gelfie from White oh, River wow. to Panhandle. Okay. I didn't have that split. So I was trying to do I, that I could be wrong about that. Yeah. I just looked at it briefly, but that was like easily my worst mm. part of the whole day. Mm-hmm. But of course, like I still knew I was well ahead of the record. Like I was still more than an hour ahead of Gelfie's split. So again, it was like, okay, it's not hard to just keep going. Right. Um, but you know, trying to problem solve, trying to get my stomach back in order and just sort of like, I mean, it's so hard. The route is so freaking hard. So it's hard to know, like, you know, is this bad pacing or uh, too hot or bad nutrition? Or is it just like the whole day is just like accumulating and you're slowing down or whatever? Yeah. And um, anyway, I mean, I, I was still running well on the on the downhill. So coming over the top of Panhandle Gap and Indian Bar. And then you've got that other really tough, tough kind of like um rolling yeah sneaky climbs in there sneaky climbs um i was just like really not not climbing well and and you know it's a little discouraging just because like like i said that's usually where i Mm -hmm. i do my best and um and where i was thinking i would make up a ton of time um but again i was still like moving it wasn't like i was like stopped and puking on the side of the trail but um you know, and then kind of dropping into to Box Canyon with about 10 miles to go, you know, still an hour and 15 ahead of the record or something like that. And so, you know, at that point, it's it's really easy, to, even when you're you're feeling like garbage to just kind of like keep going or whatever. And I, and I don't want to like belabor. Um, I mean, it's not like it was totally awful. You know, it was like I was still I was still still moving. okay, but Mm -hmm. I was feeling it for sure. And uh, I don't know. And I guess we should talk about like the conditions and stuff, too. But I don't know how the day was for you. Mm. It felt pretty hot for me. And then but, you know, then, you know, at Box Canyon, I had Caitlin finally to, Mm -hmm. to run with. And that really helped. So she would paste me 
then uh, from Box Canyon to the finish over the last climb and descent. And, uh, yeah, we finished it up in 1658, 41. Like I was, yeah, it was kind of, you know, it was tough on the uphill, but then again, I ran the downhill super strong and uh, like, it's always the case for me, the, um, I'm always have like a minute of like either, you know, Pau Capel at UTMF <laughs> or, you know, the sprint finish at TDS. And then now like everybody's like, dude, you got to get under 17. You know, you've got like 35 minutes or whatever. And I'm like, no, God, I can't, I just, <laughs> can't I just walk it in. So I made it, I mean, I ran really well on the last downhill and, um, closed it down and under just under 17 and, and, uh, definitely was just like, so happy to be done. Mm-hmm. It's just like, man, that route is so hard. I mean, yeah. it's hard over three days, but man, it's hard in one push. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, but when I sat down the, you know, they were taking pictures of my watch and everybody's, you know, congratulating me. And Yasin said, dude, that one's going to stand for a while. And I was like, dude, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, we'll see if it lasts five days, yeah. but, uh, but like, again, yeah, um, you know, I, I, obviously I don't want to sandbag. I had a, I had a decent day and the, uh, right. and the time was fast, you know, and it was, it was definitely the best I could have done on that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, I was definitely proud of the effort. Um, and, but that, that last section, you know, white river to the finish, especially, it was just mm-hmm. like, it was, uh, it was tough for me, but yeah. how'd it go for you? Yeah. Uh, well, so there was the, initially there's the white river crossing, which is like this, it's this log going over this gushing river and yeah. the river is pouring over yeah. the the log and it's, and we were kind of like, well, we're just going to have to make a game to say, day decision about possibly going on the road we on that the, section, we did the same thing. Yeah. which I know Gary had gone over the, got, gone on the road. I think Gelfi did the trail. Um, and I think it's, it should be the trail as, as it, if you're at all possible to, yeah. uh, and, and so we did, we did end up going over that and if, like looking at it, it kind of takes, takes you back, but going over it is pretty cool actually. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I had my, my next pacer, um, Sean was there with me for that stretch. And I will say like my conditions, um, I think they were probably fairly similar. I mean, watching, cause I was watching your weather as mm-hmm. well as mine pretty closely. Um, but I had cloud, I had that cloud cover mm-hmm. in, in sunrise and around sunrise and, mm-hmm. and up that second, second climb up to sunrise. And I think that was pretty helpful. I was like, Oh, there's actually, yeah. there's actually cloud cover here. This is big. Um, I, so then you have this like long, really like gradual grade up, up to Summerland and then up to Panhandle Gap. Um, and, and you kind of have to run it and it's just really annoying how you're supposed to run it yeah. and you don't want to run it. That's exactly uh, how I was like, dude, you absolutely should be running yes, this right yes. now. Come on, bro. Yeah. Just couldn't do it. Uh, so I, okay, of course, and again, I'm in, I'm in this mindset of I'm losing time. There's no way that Dylan is is going slower <laughs> than I am right now that there's no way. Yeah. Uh, and so I continue up the climb and I'm starting to, to struggle and like had a few times when I like, you have that, like almost even like woozy, like I'm, I'm tripping around and stuff. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I was moving like, and, and I think just like you're saying, like I, I had a respectable hiking pace. I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a power hiking pace where yeah. I was like pushing up my toes and I've got the rhythm and I'm yeah. just like, just cranking. Yeah. Just cranking. I'm just like ripping into the trail. Uh, 
I got over panhandle gap. And, and I think that the, actually the half an hour prior to that, I had her like, Sean was, was great and saying, he's like, you, this half hour, you have to make a decision on how you're going to climb this and whether you want this thing. And I was like, I don't want it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, and, and really was feeling, feeling like I was, I was struggling on that. And that's the, that's the last big climb. But then you do have this other, these other climbs that are going to really knock you down that's as well. Um, so got over, got over panhandle gap. And then you get into this Ohana Pakash park, which is beautiful. And then there's this extra climb that I didn't, I had also forgotten about. So that was Damn definitely a low point yeah. for me. Uh, and then you drop down to low Indian bar and then up out of that and that climb, that's when I was like truly, truly just like staggering back and forth. And I'm thinking I'm losing time, I'm losing time, I'm losing time. Uh, you must and have been well ahead at that point. I think so. And actually, so, oh, this is the other thing is like my pacer, he's like kind of, he has all these splits written on his hand and I'm like, don't tell me any splits. And this is something that I learned through this experience is just like to be so much more present in the moment rather than like, cause if I'm feel like I'm ahead, I'm going to get into like celebration mode and totally be snapped out of what I need to be doing right now. Yeah. And if I get into, I'm falling behind, which I guess that's just like the natural default. Then I get into I'm way behind like negative self-talk and it snaps me out of the present as well. So as much as possible, I was really like working on getting back to my breath and like focusing on like, you know, true mindfulness practice. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I just like that night I've been reading the inner game of tennis. <laughs> Have you read this? Uh, it's a, it's just a, it's a book about like the practice of, or, of playing tennis in a mindful manner yeah. and it's been used in all sports and has this really like Zen feeling about how do you, how do you practice? This. Yeah. You it's need right it. Up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so, so I, I had that in mind of like, I just have to stay present and if I can focus on my breath, I can stay present. And, and so I, didn't pay attention to any of the splits, but of course I'm still thinking like, where am I? I have no idea. And I descend down finally into box Canyon and I get to my crew and they're all super stoked and like, can't fake it. Yeah. So I, and I don't know what the, how, how much I was ahead, maybe like 10 minutes at that time, or maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was like, you're it was are, are like you, if you unless you screw it up like well and then i and then i did say like my climbing legs are atrocious right now yeah like i don't know if i'm going to be able to climb up this last climb so <laughs> and yet they're like their excitement of it and and they're like no you truly are ahead like we're not messing with you and i like it took a while for them to convince me that i was actually in an okay place were you walking straight through again and we did walk straight through yeah so um so smart yeah. So they, and it was, I mean, by then I wasn't hardly eating anything. I was definitely playing it fast and loose. It was like mm -hmm. cantaloupe and watermelon when I saw my crew. And otherwise it was like Morton, Morton sports drink or hydrogel or whatever it's called. I, I had half a cliff bar from uh white wow. river or you know, no, from uh panhandle to the finish. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I screwed that up. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't know what you're supposed to do if yeah. it's like, cause that's, anytime that I, mean, I ate, it, it started feeling yeah. bad. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then there's actually a nice flowy section right after box Canyon, which I was thinking it was going to go right into a climb, but, um, yeah, had a nice little stretch where I'm like getting into a really positive mindset. And I was with my, my buddy Jordan at that point, And he's just like, 
all positivity, just like you got people behind you that are like supporting you in this. They're all excited for you right Mm -hmm. now. And it was just that sort of thing was carrying me, carrying me up and then got into the climb and actually like got climbing again. And that was really exciting and something that I have to keep remembering that like you can rally. Uh, so I got to reflection lakes and Rachel had met Rachel had met this, this Australian girl up there who was like playing a banjo and was like singing a song, had like made up this song for me and everything. <laughs> and then I just, of course, drop everything. Yeah. I did and, the same thing. Yeah. Drop and, my poles and it just pack. felt so good. Yeah, like you just so have good. nothing on yeah. and just like, and the, by then I was like, okay, this is in the bag barring any catastrophe stay upright yeah yep. and and had a pretty darn good descent and then out of cougar rock i was like just get to cougar rock get to cougar rock and then that final in. bit <laughs> like rachel's rachel at the end yeah. she's like you have a quarter mile to go so i'm like start sprinting <laughs> and and it was much longer than a quarter yeah, mile i'm yeah. like okay i'm gonna stop sprinting yeah, yeah. again I'm like okay here it is yeah. and and then got to got to celebrate so Dude. What a fucking run, man. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. And and I will say, and I've like, I've reiterated this to multiple people that like, there's no way that like you stand on the shoulders of giants. And I do think that you don't, I don't run 640 if you don't run 658 mm-hmm. and show what's possible. And in that sense, like, and this is another thing from inner game of tennis that like competition is cooperation and mm-hmm. that you like entered into a pact with one another mm-hmm. and say like, I'm going to give it all I have and you got to give it all you've got because we want to play at our best and we want to, we want to, we want to like be our best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this is all about. It's not about the actual game. It's about like this, this reaching true potential. So I appreciate that. Thank you for that. That's so fucking cool. What an honor. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. That's such a, that's really cool, man. And it makes me feel so good to sort of have this conversation with you and, um, you made me think about, uh, in my, in the last two miles, of course, like I said, I'm chasing the sub 17 yeah. and Caitlin's sort of like cracking the whip, whatever. And, uh, I rolled my left ankle oh, yeah, with like that. two miles to go. And at that point I'm like, okay, you know, screw this. Like, I don't need to sprint. I'm happy with this low 17. Like I just can't hurt myself or whatever. And, uh, you know, of course, like things numb out pretty quickly when you've been going for 16 plus hours yeah. and we start moving pretty quickly again. And, you know, looking at my watch, like uh, 1656, like shit, like I'm not going to make it or whatever. And, 1657 and then like we hear the crew at cougar yeah, rock like screaming yeah. and we did the same thing right just like caitlin i gotta go you know, like, jump in front and like uh, you know i'm probably running like you know what would be a very slow pace but at that point right like, absolute sprint <laughs> to uh to get in under there so anyway in, in retrospect what do you think you did really well and what do you think you could have done better uh I think that new understanding of like practicing breath and being present and like to bring it back to that big climb that we talk about before uh, sunrise, like there were times when I, I only felt bad when I was like thinking about the entire climb and how much further I had to go. And when I got back to where I was right then, I was like, no, it's not, I don't actually feel that bad. Yeah. And that's a really cool understanding that I've never had before. And I think that's something that I can carry on into, you know, the races that we're going to do in the future. Um, Yeah, that's, that's, that's the big lesson. Did you ask what I can do better too? What do you think you did well? What what do you think you could do better? Um, 
And then of course, I mean, this is all within my mind palace of like, I need to figure out how to not have this negative Mm self-talk and want to be done and just, just like be Mm. in this moment. Cause I was injured like at the start of the summer and didn't think that I was going to even be doing this at all. So why can't I get into my head that this is like this immense privilege and beautiful thing that I'm doing, even when it's really hard. Fuck yeah. And I, I got to figure that out, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, we could all do better yeah. at that, but I mean, it, it's such a good point, man. It's just so great. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to, to nitpick, but also like, it's, it's tough to, I mean, with a performance like that, it's tough to find like real, you know, flaws that would have taken like margins of time off. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you did, all that the little stuff it seems like was super dialed right yeah. like in retrospect for me you yeah know, what's walking yours? through the aid stations would have been super smart mm-hmm. and then you know having i wish i would have made more of an effort to get people to run with yeah me. yeah because you seen did a couple miles like out of moich but he's mostly filming right. he's not necessarily like taking yeah, care of not, yeah not really filling up or exactly and then but caitlin was super helpful in yeah. that last section not that I was, you know, like I was pissing and moaning and, you know, being a crybaby, but mm-hmm. she was a, she was definitely a, a helpful presence and influence for those last few miles. So, yeah, again, like I'm proud of my effort too. You know, it was a, it was the best I could have done, and uh, yeah. you know, that's no, yeah, like you learn from them, you learn from them all. So, it's good. Um, I still have a couple more questions. We've been going for a while. Yeah, sure. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit more. You're really fucking good at FKTs. Like, what do you think? Like, so just to reiterate, you have the FKTs now around Mount Hood, Mount St. Helens, and Mount Rainier, mm-hmm. which is so freaking cool. Like, what an awesome at least like, for a few days career <laughs> highlight. But I mean, yeah, I think you know definitely Hood and Rainier are safe. I think for a while. Um, who knows? I mean, everybody's right. gone for FKTs, so who knows? St. Helens, you could probably go a little mm-hmm. bit quicker. I mean, if we're being, being honest, but, um, but you're like, you're uniquely good, I think at FKTs. Yeah. And you said earlier, like that it took you a while to like, maybe want to do FKTs and definitely want to race. What do you think it is about? Like, do you think there's a, you have like a personal characteristic or part of your psychology that makes you like good at these, like these like personal time trials. I don't know. I mean, I think the part of it is like, how do you game it? Okay. Like this is the route. Like, what do you do? And, and actually for Timberline, like, I think that I probably get some flack because I started at a low point where most people start at the, at the Timberline Lodge. But it's within the rules. Yeah. Yeah, It's within the rules. But I think some people are like, well, you should start at Timberline Lodge. You have these final two climbs rather than getting the climbs out and at the beginning. So, but I think in that sense, like I'm looking at like, well, what, what angles can I take to make this a little bit faster? Yeah knowing that I don't have much margin for error and knowing that the line between success and failure is pretty darn stark. And I think that's the other thing that like a lot of what I was going through having seen your 1658 was like, I'm going to run 1705 
and it's going to be so cool <laughs> because a few days ago would have been so impressive. Yeah. And, and then getting back to like my intrinsic reasons for doing this and getting back into like, I want to just figure out how far I can go and how fast I can go. And that's, yeah. that's the win in itself. Um, but there is that, there is that feeling of, you know, here's the thing. I, I've had so many second places in my life mm. and I started racing cross country in, in second grade and in like fourth or fifth grade, every single race that I ran in cross country, I was second place. Wow. I didn't win a race until like eighth grade, I think. And of course, like, I mean, it's, it's a privilege to win a race at all. Like a lot of people don't have that experience. So I don't want to like down downplay that or like feel like I'm some sort of victim in that sense. Mm. But I don't know if it's something about head to head racing. And I think that's something that you're like super, super good at. It's just like that person's in front of me. I'm going to go take them down. That's what I was getting at. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, there's something about the FKT that like, I don't know, like I, I don't respond hmm. well or mm -hmm. like, I don't know, maybe like it's a, you know, a psychological thing, a motivation thing. I just, I feel like I perform better. Yeah in a racing context, you know? And so that's what I'm getting at is like, I want to learn how to get better at FKTs from the, from and the I, volcano and it, champ. it must be that you have to start out well, yeah, <laughs> like that. You just don't have, you don't have the time to dilly dally yeah. at any point. And I think that that was like probably what you invited me into from Longmire to Mowich Lake was like, I was thinking like, I got to take that plate, that spot conservative conservatively. And you, like, because you hammered or maybe not, I mean, it was like relatively comfortable for you, but that, that was like a kick in the pants for me that like, no, you got to be on the entire time. Yeah. Like there's no point where you're, where you're backing down. Yeah. Um, but it's different. I mean, it's so different. Like, right. cause Lewitt trails five hours and you have to like, it's, it's, you got to be dialed almost like the, the from the time. start yeah. and here, I guess you do have to be pretty dialed for a Wonderland trail as well. I think it's now at the point where your record is going to require somebody who has knowledge of the trail. Mm. Like I was saying that, you know, there might be a couple people who are talented enough to just sure. onsite it, but sure. I don't think that really anybody's going to do that. You know, maybe like Jim Walmsley or Killian or Francois could come out and onsite it mm -hmm. and run a few minutes faster. But I think it's at the point now where your record would discourage people from even trying that. So it's going to take somebody who has the knowledge who will make the commitment to see the trail beforehand. Yeah. And then also like have, have it gamed and have it executed to the point. Yeah. And walk through the aid stations. Yeah. Get their pacers dialed, pick the right day. And so that's why I think, uh, I mean, the record is like, that's super fast, but there's also like the barrier to entry is going to, is, mm -hmm. is really high now, I think. So I think, uh, again, it just speaks to your skill of like preparing really well and then also like executing at the time when, when you need to. So kind of winding down, what, uh, what are some of your future goals? I, I want to say too, for the record that Last year, I, I felt that you were snubbed. You were overlooked. I feel like you're, you've always been underrated. You haven't been in the sport for a long time, but you're underrated. I think it's safe to say, as illustrated by this being your first <laughs> ever podcast. 
But last year I voted for you, I think, you know, somewhere in the middle of the top 10 for you, Roy, but you didn't make the list. Yeah. You had a great season. People can go look it up online. <clears throat> um, what do you have as future goals for yourself, whether it pertains to racing or even FKTs, if you're, you know, if you want to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the, and thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, I'm still, we're all just learning. Yeah. And I think I'm on this, on this journey to kind of just develop as a runner and develop as a person through that. Uh, and I mean, last year was very much like try to learn how to do hundreds. I'd done 100 prior and it was not a good show, um, at Leadville. And this year or last year did three and just tried to figure it out as best I could and felt like I was starting to get into a place where I felt confident with it. And I think Wonderland is a continuation of, of that learning. Uh, and out of those three races, Western States, Haveline hundred and Cascade Crest, Cascade Crest felt like the one that suited me best that being in the mountains is what I want to do. And so of course it's UTMB, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I am a teacher also. So going to UTMB is almost impossible because it's usually the first week of school. So, uh, maybe someday being able to do that. Um, and, and I think it's okay to have something so cool like that on the back burner and have it as something that I want to do someday. And yet like recognize that I have opportunity to develop here and through other races throughout the summer. So, uh, I'd like to figure out, figure out European races. Um, there are some cool, there's so many cool ones out there and shorter races that aren't a hundred miles, but, um, like Iger, or, uh, Lavaredo go back there would be a good one as well. Um, and as well as like classic hundreds that those really excite me as well. Angeles crest or, yeah. uh, the bear or Wasatch front. So Wasatch, yeah. yeah. So those are ones that I I'm thinking about and thinking like, I'm going to learn from those. And then when I go to UTMB, like hopefully I have this like depth of experience to be able to draw from yeah cool well tyler dude so cool to be able to sit down and and talk it out i, yeah, I really feel like in this day and age ultra runners are like some of like the bright spots in humanity at yeah a point when we really need it and uh you know it makes me feel great that we can like sit down and have this friendly convo over a couple beers yeah. <laughs> and uh you know not feel competitive or territorial and you know really kind of like i don't know just like have that spirit of the sport which i think is really important to yeah. to keep and to pass on you know to the next generation so thanks for uh for not rubbing it in my face of course thank you for this opportunity <laughs> thanks for wel welcoming uh us to portland and showing me around and yeah and training together and and uh yeah, I hope we can do a lot more of that in the future. And thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, let's keep it going. All right, bro. Cheers. Thank you. Okay, thank you guys so much again for tuning in. Thanks to Tyler for coming on. Uh, again, that made me feel really good. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation too. If you did, of course, I'd be really appreciative if you leave a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform. I think that stuff helps and definitely would make me feel good. So if you can spare a couple of minutes to do that, I'd be super appreciative. Also, go find Tyler on social media, Instagram, 
at the narrow green arrow. I've got links to it in the show notes. So check him out. Give him a follow. Let him know that uh, you appreciate him coming on the show. Give him a kudos on his Strava. Tell him what a great job he did out there on the Wonderland. I recognize I have not been super consistent in my uploading. I promise I'm going to try and be better at doing that. And uh, I think I have some cool ideas uh, for future episodes. So thanks for sticking with me. And we'll talk to you again very soon. Okay. Love you. Bye.